What are you known for right now, and how do you think you're going to be remembered? Who exactly are you, and what is your legacy going to be? These are questions that perhaps we think about every now and then, sometimes seriously, sometimes maybe not so seriously. But the truth is, these are questions that we should be thinking about all the time, every day and every moment of our lives. And that is because wherever we are holding in life, the question of who we are going to be, what our legacy is going to be, depends on what we do with ourselves every day, every moment of our lives. And our future before us is constantly unfolding. Now, Parshas Pinchas provides many models for this concept of the forging of legacies. But right now, I want to just focus on two very important models, perhaps the two greatest models in the Parsha. Parshas Pinchas tells us the story of two incredibly important and monumental inductions and ordinations. The beginning of the Parsha, we have the reward and the ordination of Pinchas to becoming a Kohen, from being just a Levi. This happens right after Pinchas's execution of Zimri, and the fallout of the tragic worship of Baal Peor by Klal Yisrael. And then, a little bit later in the Parsha, we have the induction and the ordination of Yehoshua to be the successor and the leader of Klal Yisrael after Moshe Rabbeinu. So between these two very important ordinations, the question that we have to consider is what made it so that Pinchas and Yehoshua, respectively, could forge these most incredible and important legacies that they had for themselves? And if you think about it, these two models are very, very different from one another. Take Pinchas, for example. Pinchas, we know, started off as just a levy, and by technicality, he was never going to be more than just a levy. But once he acted in that moment of time where he absolutely needed to, when Klaisrael was engaged in Avera, when there was a Magefa killing all of the people, and when there was a tribal leader making a grave mistake, Pinchas got up, he acted. And just in that moment, doing the right thing when he was needed to be there, and he was able to forge a legacy that perhaps was not one that he was in line for. But then Pinchas became a Kohen with an eternal covenant of Shalom. Now, this is very, very different from Yehoshua, because the Chumash does not specify exactly what it was that made Yehoshua the appropriate successor to Moshe Rabbeinu. In fact, you will not find an explicit story, any one particular moment in time, that made Yehoshua the sure individual who was going to be the one to succeed Moshe Rabbeinu. Some might want to point at the story at the Chet HaMiraglim, where Yehoshua succeeded against the Miraglim, We know that that's not a fair answer because there was someone else who was just as successful in that story, if not more, the outspoken Kalev who shouted down the Maraglim. Yehoshua was just fortunate that Moshe Rabbeinu davened for him 
and that he was able to get out without being harmed by the Eitzah of the Miraglim. Now, this should really push a new question, considering that Moshe Rabbeinu had to daven for Yehoshua, considering that Kalev was not chosen. What exactly made Yehoshua the one? And although, although the Chumash does not tell us one particular event that made it happen, Rashi indicates very clearly that instead of the role of the successor and the leader of Kleisrael going to someone like perhaps Moshe Rabbeinu's children or any other individual, Rashi points out that Hashem chose the individual who was the closest to Moshe in terms of the Torah learning, that he was lo yamush mitocha ohel, that Yehoshua stayed by Moshe's side to drink thirstily from his Torah. It was not one moment in time, but it was the day-by-day service and hishtamshus, the, the shimush with Moshe Rabbeinu, the learning, the following, the mentorship that Yehoshua, more than anyone else, thirsted from Moshe Rabbeinu. Everyone had an equal opportunity to be a disciple of Moshe Rabbeinu, but Yehoshua was the one that thirsted for it. He was the one that scratched and clawed for it more than anybody else. So on the one hand, you have Pinchas, who in one moment acquired the most incredible legacy. And on the other hand, you have Yehoshua, not in a moment, but a lifetime in the making, who spent years and years following and learning from Moshe Rabbeinu. This brings to mind a famous statement in the Gemara of Rebbe, which is quoted in the Gemara in Abu Dazara, Daf Yud Zayin Abad Aleph, the story of Rabbi Elazar ben Durdaya, where Rebbe cries at the end of the story and says, Yesh Kona Olama Bishah Achas. You have one individual who can acquire his entire Olam Haba in a single moment, and yet you have an individual who is Kona Olamo Bekamashanim over the span of many, many years. So you have the model of just one moment's time changing everything, turning your life in the direction that's going to create a legacy that you could have never imagined, and yet you can spend an entire lifetime working towards a legacy. And there's no one kosher model. These are models that are accessible to all of us. Throughout our lives, we could spend our times working on creating a legacy and doing the right thing every single day, day in, day out. And maybe it might just take one moment in time of doing the right thing exactly when you're needed. This model, the model of looking on the one hand at the entire seum, that there's an incredible moment that you capitalized on where maybe being at the Siyam Hashas, you've decided that this is the moment that you're going to make your life different. And then there's the actual Dafiomi, day in, day out, working. Sometimes it takes a lifetime, and sometimes your whole entire life can depend on one moment. So we should be Zoha to capitalize, to work on the day in and the day out. We should be Zoha to not only scratch and claw, but to take advantage of every single moment. Because who knows? Yeshmi Shakono Lamo Bishaw Achas.